Welcome to a brand new episode of Cyber Ethiopia with me, your host, JP, right here on 104.7 EBC Radio, your new voice of renaissance and diversity. Today, I've got some very interesting technology news update stories for you, and you definitely don't want to go anywhere, so stay tuned right here. Today, we're going to be talking about Google's new invention. This new Google tool is called SelfShare, and it could see all of us having a much cleaner, neater, and less cluttered inbox. We'll be talking about that and how they're going to achieve it, what the tool does in just a bit. We're also going to be looking at nanotechnology. What is it? And why is every third guy on the street of Addis trying to tell me that my smartphone could benefit from having a nanotech coding on the screen? Do these things really work? And what is nanotech? That's coming up as well in today's installment of Cyber Ethiopia. We're also going to be looking at one of my favorite topics of all time when it comes to technology, and that is open source. How has open source revolutionized the technology around us? And what exactly is open source? Why does it have such a big impact? These are all things that we're going to be looking at. So make sure that you stay tuned to your favorite radio station, 104.7 EBC Radio. So let's start off with something tiny, something microscopic, something pretty amazing if you think about it. It's nanotechnology. What is it? Well, nanotechnology is actually a loose term which is given to those areas of science and engineering where phenomena take place at what is called the nanometer scale, also known as the nanoscale. The nanometer scale is utilized in the design, characterization, production, as well as application of materials, structures. Sometimes there's actually devices that are that small. We'll be getting into that a little bit later on. But before I get ahead of myself, uh, this is nothing that's special when you look at the natural world. If you look through microscopes, a lot of things are measured in the nanoscale. So why is it becoming a big deal? Now, well, things that are found in nature, we're not as good as nature, of course, and science. We're only just getting there now, and um, we haven't been able to make a lot of things in nanoscale. But now it is becoming an art which human beings are becoming quite good at. Okay, so clearly various forms of nanotechnology have the potential to make a very significant impact on society. In general, it may be assumed that the application of nanotechnology will be very beneficial to individuals as well as organizations because there are a lot of applications that a lot of uh, companies, big corporations are very interested in and following very closely. Although no major breakthrough uh, has been mentioned uh, publicly for a while now, the last time that I heard about nanotechnology in the mainstream media was when nanobots were a thing. And what are nanobots I hear you saying through the radios? No, I'm just joking. I'm 
I'm going to Google, I don't spy. But having said that, um, what are nanobots? It's quite an interesting concept. So they've actually been able to make the small and tiny mechanisms to make minuscule nano scale robots that can actually be injected through a hypodermic needle into the bloodstream. What does this do, you might say? Well, in the cases of strokes, blood clots, and sometimes in the field of cancer research, in the field of cancer research, there's a theory by medical professionals that it would be far less invasive than the typical kind of operations, and that these robots could be instructed on the outside of the human's body by computers sending radio waves to the microscopic robot to go and cut that tumor out. There hasn't been an actual uh, human test yet, but it is quite promising. Can you imagine if cancer would no longer be a thing because there'd be tiny robots in your body? Other applications that are actually intended for nanobots include genetic splicing, which is illegal in a lot of countries in the world as of now because the risks are too great. Editing one's genetic code could have dangerous results. But in the long term, a lot of these nano research companies and manufacturers intend on getting into genetic altering through microscopic robots in your body. Kind of scary if it gets into the wrong hands, wouldn't you say? Let me know what you guys think. You can always send in an email to us and ask us to cover topics or tell me what you think of each show. That's info at etho-tech.com, easiest way to get a hold of me. So what about all of these guys on the side of the street with those UV lights and that, I don't know what you'd call it, liquid that they say would protect your screen? Does that actually work? Well, I don't know if the specific ones that they're selling work, but there is such a concept of hardening nanoparticles by applying UV light. And they could either be transparent, like in the case of what these people on the side of the road are selling, or it also could be opaque, depending on how hard you want it to be, or what kind of nanoparticles are made up in that uh, liquid solution. So I hope that that answers everybody's question. And I wonder if anybody has actually tried it. If you have, let me know through the email that I mentioned earlier on. So let's take a musical break and then we'll be right back with some more of our stories. Here's Jasmine Thompson with Already There. Five weeks and in your bed 
sleeping underneath different stars They all said it'd be really hard But I think that distance made our hearts go thunder Cause I called and cried, I can't take any longer You said look out the window, it's worth it I swear Cause baby I'm already there Jasmine Thompson definitely has one of the more interesting voices in the music industry today. I first discovered her when she was still a small cover version girl on YouTube. Hope you enjoyed the track. We're back on Cyber Ethiopia with me, your host, Jason Peters, aka JP. Please don't call me Jason Peters. I prefer JP. And uh, our next story is actually quite an interesting one. It is Google's self-share tool. Now we've all done it. Looked in your pockets, forgot your flash at home, had a file, you had to get it out of a specific computer which you wouldn't have access to later and you ended up logging into your email and sending it to yourself. I think I probably have more than a hundred different emails that I've sent to myself with a file or some kind of a link or just something that I needed to have at a later time and the computer that I was using probably wasn't my own. So what is this new tool? So like I said, everybody's been there. Most of us will usually resort to this if we're trying to uh, get a file and some people actually I've seen uploaded to their Google Drive or some other form of cloud storage. But Google apparently has been working on a way to make this easier and more intuitive to send files to yourself. Uh, this is not new because the company recently uh, launched this thing that they called a nearby share on Chrome OS as well as Android. And this was them trying to, for once, actually uh, beat Apple's AirDrop, which is quite surprising because uh, usually Google comes out with features first and then Apple kind of steals them later on. But in this specific case, uh, AirDrop has been around for a long time. I've used it on my computer and it's quite fast and quite cool, but it only works with other apples so that's a big problem and this is a big problem that i see coming in all of the tech industry because it seems that all of these manufacturers are now trying to get uh, everyone to use all of their devices before it was like oh if you have an android it doesn't matter if it's a samsung or if it's a, uh, a huawei or whatever it is as long as it's android it was only um, important or it only depended or hinged upon the fact that it was the same operating system but now it seems like brands are coming up with new things like uh, huawei coming up with their own operating system called harmony os but that's another topic for another day uh, apparently with this brand new little um invention right here you're going to be able to send files to anything that is nearby uh, which is connected and logged in with the same google account so uh, if you're like me and you have a lot of bookmarks or stuff that you've searched for on the web and you want to access it on your phone and on your computer at the same time or if you start uh, you like collecting files or information on your phone and then when you get home you want to start working on your computer uh, you can actually do this in a much easier way let's hope that it works because one of google's features that i have never been able to get to work was the whole share the url so that it opens on your computer's chrome it never works for me I don't know why. Something that I'm doing wrong or maybe my connection is wrong. But I will definitely update you guys on that. And if you guys want to hear about Harmony OS and what makes it different or the same as Android, then go ahead and send an email. You're listening to Cyber Ethiopia with me, JP, right here 
on 104.7 EBC Radio, your new voice of renaissance and diversity. And before we get into our last story for today, which is all about open source, let's get into another musical break. This one sees us going all the way to the beautiful beaches of Algeria, our African brothers and sisters on the west northern part of the continent. Here's Babylon with Zina. غدوة ثاني متمني يكتب المكتوب ونكون حداك آه يا قلبي شوف هواك وين رماني فوق بحر صافي بمواجوداني معاه تبع رياح الحب وعندك حطني ودعني وصاني وقلي حبيبك ما تنساه ما درتي فينا أنا وقلبي حوسنا لك ملقينا ها يا زينا ما درتي فينا أنا وقلبي حوسنا لك ملقينا Malqina. 
Definitely a beautiful track that always takes me into my mind's eye to recap the first time that I ever heard that track and the beautiful beaches in Algeria. I will definitely visit them one day and this song and its music video is the reason. So our last story for today, which is going to see us ending Cyber Ethiopia for this beautiful day that we're having. And it is all about what is often described as the most influential and important development of the 20th century in terms of IT or ICT, information communication technology, and that is open source. Now, you've probably heard someone, even if you're not very tech savvy, say open source at some point. And I know that there's one open source platform that everybody knows about, that is Linux and Ubuntu. And if you don't know about it, maybe this will surprise you if you have an Android phone in your pocket right now, chances are. Uh, you may not have known this, but you are actually using open source because Android is based on the Linux kernel. And that means that you have been using it all this time and didn't even know. So what is open source? Like the name suggests, it's open source code. So to understand open source, you kind of have to understand what closed source or proprietary software is. Proprietary software like that of programs from Microsoft or all of these companies that sell their software and expect you to buy it are softwares where the coding is absolutely secret and only the developers know what is written in that program source code. That is uh, capitalizing on something, but we're not going to get into the politics of it. The whole thing uh, which makes open source different is that pretty much anybody can download the source code, edit it, improve it or alter it for their own benefit and re-release it or keep it to themselves. Open source, however, is a very important part because when companies like Microsoft develop a piece of software, what they have is finite a certain number of programmers working on that program. But there are more than a million open source developers around the world. And everybody who needs that software will download it if they find a bug or some kind of a glitch. They fix it because they themselves are programmers. And then they update the source code pieces that they changed to the repository, meaning that everybody else in the world that uses that software also gets to use it free of bugs. This has created some amazing software pieces all over the world and has definitely helped the beautiful continent of Africa. Because if you actually uh, have ever tried to buy a copy of Windows, for example, uh, it's quite overpriced and probably the only reason that we use it in the majority of the African countries is because we're using pirated copies. If you actually had to pay, you'd have to spend somewhere between 150 to $500 to get your activation code. That's a lot of money if you convert it to bir. So I'm glad that we don't actually have to use uh, this anymore and we have options because when I started using computers, it was only Windows. That's it. Came with the computer and you can do anything about it. Well, that about wraps it up for today's episode of Cyber Ethiopia, which is exclusively airing right here every week on the Bits and Pieces show on 104.7 EBC Radio. Just to sign myself off, I'm going to get into another track. I think I'm taking liberties today with the airtime of bits and pieces, but I know Kay, the host, enjoys this track. This track is the original of If I Were a Boy. It's not by Beyonce, it's by BC Fly. Enjoy, and I'll catch you guys next week with your Cyber Ethiopia news update right here on 104.7 EBC Radio, your new voice of renaissance and diversity. 
Have a great week. I'd roll out of bed in the morning and throw on what I wanted and go. I drink beer with the guys and chase after girls. I'd make out with who I wanted. Busted for it, cause they'd stick up for me. If I She's t-